Exodus chapter number 12, you can remain seated. Exodus chapter number 12, and beginning with verse number 1. And really, it is, it's really the, the first half of this chapter is what I'm preaching from tonight, so I can't, I won't read all of that to you, but I will, I will walk through some of it with you. But the first two verses of chapter 12 of Exodus say this. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. Would everybody say the beginning of months? Beginning of months. This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. This month shall be the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. That was the word of the Lord to Israel. And I want to I want to teach, preach from this subject tonight, starting strong. Everybody say, starting strong. strong. Before I start strong tonight, let me say, uh, Pastor Clinton and Sister Lauren spoke at HYC this year, and they uh, led the youth workers session and just did such a fabulous job and represented Sanctuary so very well, and I think we ought to give them a hand tonight. And we'll talk more about HYC on Sunday. Um, it is January the 1st, and anybody in here complete their Bible reading this past year? You got several hands. Awesome, awesome, awesome. You got several hands raised tonight uh, of those that read their Bible through. That's wonderful, and we're going to start a new plan. And so, um, it is, what's the name of, of that particular one, or do we have a... We may not have a picture of it or not. No, not yet. What's the name of that, Brother Jimmy? If you would pull that up for me. Using the same app that we used uh, this past year. So the name of that is, and we'll give you more. Matter of fact, tonight we'll post, if, if somebody will help me remember, um, we'll get somebody to post that on our social media tonight. It's Reading God's Story, One Year Chronological Plan, correct? And so what that, and you can read whatever, if you want to do a different Bible reading plan, you do whichever one you want. Um, for those who want to go along together, this particular one takes the Bible and it, and it puts it in as, uh, as chronological, it does it as chronologically as it possibly can. And so, for instance, it will actually be, instead of beginning with Genesis 1 and 1, It'll begin with John 1, in the beginning was the Word. Does that make sense to you? And the Word was with God, the Word was God. Uh, it, it'll, it'll start there, and then it will probably move to Genesis 1. And so um, that will just allow you to read the Bible in a chronological order as best that they were able to do it. And it, it is a six-day-a-week Bible reading plan, and it gives you the seventh day to catch up if you need to do that. Thank you for those that have been reading, and again, that's something we'll talk more about on Sunday as well, but thank you for studying your Bible. There is nothing like getting in the Word of God and allowing the Word of God to get into you, and as we do that, God will strengthen us, God will, God will nourish us, and He will bless us, amen? Um, we want to make sure as we start 2020 that we 
we do it well. Uh, so many times we get to the end of the year and we talk about finishing strong. Anybody ever heard somebody say that? Let's finish strong. And a lot of times that's what everybody focuses on. Let's finish strong. But the best way for us to finish strong is for us to start strong. And if we will begin well, it will go a long way towards helping us to end well. When the Apostle Paul came on the scene as far as his conversion, uh, when you get to the end of his life, he said, I have fought a good fight. I have uh, finished my course. I have kept the faith. And that's a great lesson in and of itself. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course, the one God laid out for me, and I have kept the faith that was once delivered to the saints. That's, that's the, that is his testimony at the end of his life, and we know that Paul finished strong. But what we also need to take notice of is that whenever the Lord uh, revealed himself to him and he sent him to Ananias on the street called Straight, and he came to where Paul was and, and, and prayed for him, and those scales fell from his eyes. Paul jumped into this thing feet first and gave it everything that he had. Matter of fact, he would tell us. He said, I became all things to all men that by all means I might save some. He gave it everything that he had. Whenever the Lord brought him into the kingdom, Paul made up his mind to start strong, and that is what helped him to finish strong. And so I think that the greatest thing we could do for us in this year of 2020 is that we would begin the year well, and we would make sure that we get started on the right foot, and we would make sure that as we, as we prepare to face the challenges that will come, that we have, we have set ourselves up for success and not failure. Can you say amen? So in chapter 12 of Exodus, you find a really great layout for what we ought to do, I feel like, in order to start strong. This is where the Passover was instituted in Israel, and it is the story of uh, the final plague that God sent into Egypt. Uh, Israel had been in Egypt for 430 years. And for many, many of those years now, they have been slaves to Pharaoh, to the, the hierarchy of Egypt. And the Lord sends Moses and says, tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And Pharaoh says, I'm not going to do any such thing. I won't let your people go. Uh, he, he tries to negotiate with Moses. And Moses said, no, I'm, God didn't send me here to negotiate with you. God didn't give me, he, he did not uh, em, empower me to make deals on his behalf. And let me say, if God, if God didn't empower us to make deals on his behalf, we don't need to take it upon ourselves to make deals on his behalf. I'll get ahead of myself, but... We just need to live by the word of God, folks. We don't need to try to, we don't need to, try to circumvent God's word and come up with, 
with a deal with the devil. We just need to understand that God's word is powerful. That God has the ability to cause the devil to turn tail and run. And that if we will stand on the solid rock that is Christ Jesus, there is no devil. There is no demon. There is no problem. There is no situation. There is no heartbreak that can cause me to lose out with God if I'll stand on his word. And so uh, they keep coming back, and there's ten plagues. And, and when you get to that final plague, it is the death of the firstborn. And uh, you read all about this in chapter number 12 of Exodus. There are uh, several elements in this chapter that I think are important, but I think there's three primary ones that the others really fall into. And so I'm going to share those with you tonight. And, and preach to you what I feel like all of us need to do in order to start strong. Uh, and I am, because of the crowd that we have in here tonight, this is not like a Sunday that we have a lot of guests that, are, that we're trying to evangelize tonight, so I'm going to assume you understand a lot about that story. That's where they took the lamb. They, they, they slew the lamb. They took the blood. They painted it on the doorpost. Y'all remember that? In your Bible. So I'm not going to rehearse all of that tonight. I'm going to go from the, from the uh, understanding that all of us in here would, would know what that is. So the first element that is so important in starting strong is the blood. Everybody say the blood. Every home needs the blood. For without the blood there can be no redemption. If we don't have the blood, we don't have a chance. If we don't have the blood, we don't have a way of escape. We all need the blood. It's a shame that denominations of Christianity, some of them have literally removed all songs about the blood from their, Bible, uh, from their songbooks. Isn't that a shame? It's a shame when we don't want to sing about the blood. It's a shame when we won't preach about the blood. I've heard some people get frustrated and say, I hear y'all talk about pleading the blood. I don't see anything in the Bible about pleading the blood. I don't like that pleading the blood business. Well, you don't have to like it. You can be wrong if you want to be wrong. But I still believe that the blood speaks for me. And I still believe that the blood is a better, is a better witness than anything else this world could give to us. Every home needs the blood. I want it in my home. You need it at your home. The Lord told him, he said, you're going to take the blood from this lamb. You're going to put it in a basin. You're going to take hyssop, and you're going to paint that blood on the side posts of the doors of your home. And then you're going to paint that blood on the upper post of the door of your home. In other words, you need to make sure that the blood is covering you. And you need to make sure that the blood has set your boundaries. Let me preach about that for a moment. We need the covering of the blood. We need the blood to cover us. I need the blood to wash over me and make me white as snow. I need the blood to be all over me so that when the enemy comes around... He recognizes that I have been purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. I don't want there to be any doubt in the devil's mind. 
I don't want the devil to come around me and look to see if there's a hint of the blood on my life. When the devil comes around me, I hope in the spirit, and I hope this don't bother you, but let me say it this way. I hope that in the spirit, when the devil comes around me, he sees the blood dripping all off of me because I have been covered by the blood of the Lamb. We need to make sure that the blood has covered us. But not only that it covers us, but we also need it on those side posts in order for it to set the boundaries of our lives. I don't want to go outside the boundary of the blood. I don't want to get outside the safety and the protection of the blood. I don't want to veer outside of that. Um, driving down the road. I was in Colorado one time and, and driving down the road. And I was with Travis Tadlock. And we, we uh, rented a Jeep. And we were driving up to, uh, to Telluride, Colorado, up in the Rockies. And it's a ski resort place. And, and so here we go. Now, you have to understand that I am not so good with the heights. <laughs> My kids will tell you. Matter of fact, this week at Holiday Youth Convention, they had us on the seventh floor. And I'm not kidding, y'all. It makes me sick just to even stand on the side next to that railing right there. will physically make me ill. I cannot handle it. And my kids want to walk over there and look over the edge and, and they're, they're not doing anything crazy. They're just looking over it and stuff. And, or they want to peer through the bars, you know. And they do that, and it gives me a heart attack. And, and I'm just saying, no, 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 back off of there. And, and they were, my wife and Nora had gone up in the elevator ahead of us. And they didn't know that I had come up in the elevator behind them. And they were, I guess, trying to kid about me and how, my phobia of heights. And so they were going, and... and and Mom said, she's holding Nora's hand and said, ooh, like, you walking? And they didn't know I was walking behind them. And I told them, I said, don't do that. And they, they turned around laughing. They, we didn't know you were there. And I said, well, I don't think it's funny. I don't think it's funny. So when Travis and I were driving up the Telluride, we, we got this Jeep and we're going up there and and I told him, I said, I'm just going to tell you right now. I said, I don't do really well with heights. They scare me. He said, well, do you want me to drive? And I said, no. I said, I, as scared as I am, I sure don't want to trust anybody else. Right? He said, I will drive. And so we're going up. Well, folks, some of those roads up there, they had no guardrail on, on it. It was, I mean, it was uh, maybe a foot and a half. Uh, you had the road, and you had maybe a foot and a half of shoulder, and then it was sheer all the way down to the bottom. And and we're driving up there, and you got people flying down that mountain, and we're going up, and, and then we had to come back down, and and the whole time I'm just holding that steering wheel as tight as I can. And, and I got friends, they're trying to get me to go ride in the Grand Canyon on our mules, and I said, y'all can go, and I will wait for you, but I am not going to ride my mule up the Grand Canyon. I've watched those YouTube videos where they do it. And it's, and it's insane that anybody would do that. And so I, I just have a severe problem with that. Well, let me tell you. Some of us need to get a phobia of living our life outside the boundary of the blood of Jesus. 
we need to understand how dangerous it is to, to, to go outside of the safety of His blood. I don't want to live outside the safety of that blood. I don't want a chance stepping off that mountain. But I want to know that wherever I go, I am within the confines of the protection of the blood of the Lamb. Somebody say amen. Amen. Not only do we need it to cover us and to set our boundaries, but we need to make sure that the blood identifies us. The Lord told them, He said, you're going to put this blood there, and it's going to be a token. If you look that word token up in, its, in, in the Hebrew, it means a distinguishing mark. In other words, the Lord said that when I come through, I am going to be looking for this blood. I'm going to be looking for something that identifies you as belonging to me. I am not ashamed of the blood of Jesus. I am, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Well, I'm going to tell you, I, I agree with Paul, and let me add this. I am not ashamed of the blood of Jesus. I hope it identifies me. I hope it sets me apart. I hope that there's a, if a devil comes around, he sees that blood on my life. It needs to distinguish us. It needs to identify us. I want my home in 2020 to be identified as a home where people of God live. I pray that when a spirit wants to come around... And well, I don't believe in all that stuff. Well, you don't have to believe in it if you don't want to. But I happen to believe very strongly that there are spiritual things that will attack us. And I pray that when that comes around, somebody said, well, I want to anoint my house. Well, you can anoint your house. And I've, I've prayed with people who wanted to do that. And I'll do that for you if you want. But let me tell you what I think is even greater than that is if we can get the blood of Jesus on our house. I believe the blood of Jesus sets a line that the devil cannot pass. The blood of Jesus sets a line that the enemy cannot cross over. And I want that blood to identify us. Why do we need this blood? Let me tell you why. Because judgment is coming. Judgment is coming. Egypt will be smitten. This world will be smitten. And those who care will protect their homes. If we care about our children, if we care about our spouses, if we care about ourselves, we will make sure that the blood is applied. We will make sure that the blood is applied. I don't want the judgment of God to fall on me. I don't want the, it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of God. I don't want the judgment of God to fall on me. I don't, I, don't, I don't want his judgments to be pronounced over me. I'm doing everything I can to live my life in such a way that I, I will receive his mercy and I will receive his grace. But, oh God, I don't want your judgment to fall on me, Lord. Help me to live in such a way. Help me to be aware of the fact that judgment is coming on this world. I talked to somebody. I mentioned this not long ago. I was talking and counseling with someone and they told me, they said, it's amazing how when you get away from living for God, it is so amazing how you will go so much further than you ever imagined that you would go. The things that you will do. They said, but pastor, it's not just the things that I've done. It's the thoughts that I have had. They said, I've thought things that I never would have imagined I would think. I've questioned God and the reality of God. 
Things that I never would have imagined I would question. It happened when I got outside of the blood. And I want to remind you, one reason we need the blood is because we got to get back to a realization and an urgency that we realize that one of these days, judgment is going to fall on this world. Judgment is going to fall on this world. I'm going to preach about it Sunday. There is an eternity that is coming. Chris Hancock stepped off into eternity this past Christmas Eve on a Tuesday evening. He stepped into eternity. And you don't come back from that. You don't get another shot at that. Once you cross over that. Now, for Chris, for him today, he's got to be rejoicing because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So... Chris doesn't know the grief that his family feels right now. All Chris knows is that he's in the presence of a holy God. Because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I want us to get back to the understanding of that. That any one of these days we can slip into eternity. One of us could fall over dead. One of us could have a car accident. One of us could have something go wrong. And life as you know it could be completely over. Eternity is coming. And we will all stand at the judgment seat of Christ. We need the blood. Everybody say amen. Amen, The second thing that we need is the lamb. Everybody say the lamb. The lamb is likened unto the word. We know that Jesus is the lamb and that he is the word made flesh. I tell you tonight. That every home, if we're going to start strong, every home, not only does it need the blood, but it needs the lamb. It needs the word. Every home needs the word of God in it. Every home needs parents who will talk to their children about the word of God. Every home needs a spouse who will discuss the word of God with their spouse. You need to talk about it. You need to break it down. You need to... You need to, 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 to Dwell on it and meditate on it. Our world's taken that word meditate and made it, and made it something it, that, that it doesn't need to be. And we think of meditation as, as, as some uh, Hindu type thing. And, and people sitting cross-legged with their hands like this. And that's med- No, that's not meditation. Meditation is to dwell on the word of God. David said, I will meditate on thy word. We need to get to where we'll meditate on every home needs the lamb. Everybody needs the lamb in their home. The lamb needs to be uh, distributed with everybody that's there. You go read chapter 12, and I'm not going to read all through it tonight. But if you read chapter 12, you will find them saying that you need to take this lamb And you need to make sure that it's given to everybody in your house. Take it according to the number of the souls. To the number of the souls. Everyone that's in your house, you've got to distribute this lamb to it. The lamb, not only should it be shared in your home, but he said if your neighbor doesn't have enough and you've got more than enough lamb, then you need to share it with your neighbor. You need to share the lamb with your neighbor. I'm praying in this year that God will help me to share 
the Word of God more than I've ever shared the Word of God. I, have, I am asking Him for a boldness to come over me that I don't care if I've walked in somebody's hospital room. I don't care if I'm walking through the aisle at Walmart. I don't care where I am. I don't care what I'm doing. If I sit, sense that there's an opening for me to share the Word of God, I'm praying that there's a boldness that comes over me that I will... Deliver that word of God to somebody and I can help be an agent of change in their life. I want to share it with my neighbor. Who is our neighbor, Pastor? Who is our neighbor? Well, Jesus tells us who our neighbor is. In the parable of the Good Samaritan, we find that our neighbor is whoever is in need. That's who our neighbor is. We need to start being sensitive to the needs of people. In the church and without the church, we need to be sensitive to the needs of people. We need to be sensitive to those who, who maybe they come to church, but maybe they're struggling. And, and you begin to feel their struggle. Then maybe you can find a way to come alongside them and help them. Uh, my wife and I at the youth convention this past week, there was a couple of times when the Lord gave opportunity that my wife said, I felt like I need to, to tell this. And I said, well, you go tell that then. Because I want to make sure that I share the lamb whenever I can share the lamb. Because I don't know if I'll ever get another opportunity to share the lamb with that person. And as a pastor, I want to I wanna make sure that I'm giving people the lamb that need the lamb. Uh, that, that sit under the, the uh, leadership of 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 my pastorate. I want to make sure I'm doing that, but not just in here. I want to do it out there as well. Help us, Lord, to be a good Samaritan. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. We, this lamb needs to be a lamb, he told them, that is without blemish. A lamb that is without blemish. Don't blemish this lamb, but offer it as it was commanded. Offer this lamb as it was commanded. He doesn't need you, me, and he doesn't need you to try to do anything extra to this lamb. This lamb is good just the way it is. This lamb is perfect just the way it is. It's not up to me to alter the lamb. And it's not up to you to alter the lamb. We've got to make sure we present the lamb just as the lamb was made to be presented. Offer it as it was commanded. He said, when you eat the lamb... You need to eat it with unleavened bread. Bread that is consumed with leaven. If you read chapter 12. Bread that is consumed with leaven, he told them, will cause you to be cut off. If you eat the lamb, but you eat it with unleavened bread, it will cause you to be cut off from the Lord. So every year, this is what they did, and this is what we need to do. When they began this beginning of months, for us it's January. When they began it, they would start the year off by removing all of the leaven. Somebody say all of it. They would remove all of the leaven from the house. The Lord told them, he said, I don't want there to be any leaven in your house. Not just in the bread, but I don't want it anywhere in the house. You go through your home and you search it out. And if you think there might be leaven in that jar, then you take that jar and you dump it out. 
but you get the leaven out of your house. Because if you don't get the leaven out of your house, you're going to be cut off. And I would tell you that sin is likened unto leaven. We need to make sure that we get the sin out of our homes. Somebody shout amen. amen. As we come into this new year, we need to make sure that we are honest-hearted enough to say, God, if there's anything that is not right in my life, if there be any wicked way in me, if there is sin in my life, if there's something that does not please you, if there is something that is causing me to be pulled away from you, Lord, I'm asking you to reveal it to me because I don't want to go into 2020 with leaven or sin in my life. But I want to start it out, God, right. I want to make sure that you're welcome into this house. Clap your hands and give the Lord praise. So we've got to get the leaven out. And we need to be in prayer. I, one thing I was convicted about in studying today is that I was looking at how methodical they were about this. And this week you did this, and that week you did that. They were very serious about getting all of these things right. One of the things we need to be careful in Pentecost is that we don't get the feeling. Let me put my glasses on because I am going to look at us right now. Sometimes I'm preaching, I don't want to see y'all. But we need to make sure that in Pentecost, we don't get to the point where we think that uh, one moment is going to fix everything all the time. Now, I believe in the power of a moment. I completely believe in the power of one moment. Matter of fact, if you're in sin, all it takes is one repentant prayer. For you to be pulled away from sin and turned in a new direction. All it takes is one moment. I believe in the power of a moment. But I also know that after we leave the moment, we've got to go deal with our lives. Is that true? We've got to go deal with our lives. And we've got to go. We've got to, 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 to make sure we're taking care of the things that we need to take care of. Otherwise, the moment will be for naught. We'll allow it to come right back. And so uh, I want to encourage all of us that we would be in prayer. We would be in fasting. And matter of fact, that's one of the things we really need to be mentioning is uh, we've got some days of prayer and fasting coming up as a church. Matter of fact, it's, uh, I'm going to be preaching this Sunday and pushing this. But, but next week, next Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, I'd like us to do three days of prayer and fasting. As a church. And I'm asking God. I'm asking God to help us get any sin out of our lives. I'm asking God to help cleanse us. And purify us. This Sunday we're going to get things right with God. But the Sunday after that we're going to be casting vision. And looking to go forward. But we can't go forward if we've got a bunch of weights pulling us back. So we've got to get honest. And we've got to find an altar. And we've got to kneel before the Lord. And we've got to cry out to Him. If we do not do that, we cannot get rid of the leaven. And so I encourage everybody to be in prayer. I encourage everybody to be seeking God. And don't expect it to happen in one altar call. But make sure you're taking days of introspection. And days of meditation on His Word. And days of prayer and fasting. And you're asking God to help us. If, it, if we're not growing, then we're dying. 
If we're not growing, we're dying. And I want to be growing. Amen. Amen. He told him about the lamb. He said, cook the entire thing. I thought this was interesting. He said, don't remove the head. Don't remove the feet. Cook it from head to feet. Cook even the, the inward part of the lamb. Cook every bit of the lamb. Don't try to remove the head. Don't try to remove the feet. Don't try to remove what is within. But cook the entire thing. And I want to be a part of a church where the pastor will get up and preach the entire lamb of God. I don't want to be a part of a church that just preaches stuff to get us on our feet all the time. I want to be a part of a church that somebody will get up and preach and take us to our knees too. I want to be a part of a church where we get the whole counsel of God. And I'm going to do my best and and I commit to you that I'll preach that way. But you've got to go home. And in your home you've got to have this lamb that is cooked completely. You can't remove any of it. You've got to consume it all, he told them. He said, anything that you cannot eat, you've got to make sure that it is burned. You don't leave anything for the morning. Don't leave anything for the morning. Why don't you leave anything? Because we're not guaranteed tomorrow. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. All we know is that we have the moment. And so you've got to to eat it with haste, he said. You've got to eat it with haste. And I am asking God to baptize all of us with a hunger for His Word, that we will eat it with haste. I'm asking God to make sure that we get something over us that will cause us to want to consume the Word of God. That we don't, we don't just want to take our time with it. But I'm hungry for the Word of God. I need the Word of God. I'm desirous of the Word of God. Are we doing alright? Amen. Uh, then finally, he told them this. He said, as you eat it, You need to eat it with your loins girded, shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand. In other words, you need to eat this word with an expectation that God is taking you somewhere. When we get to getting in this book, and we get to looking forward to 2020, and the word of God is coming to us, We need to make sure that we are receiving this word with an expectation that God is taking me somewhere in the Holy Ghost. God is taking me somewhere in the Spirit. God has an expectation and an intended end for where He wants me to be at the end of this year. And I don't know about you, but I plan on getting there. I plan on getting there. And when He says, it's time to go, I want to be ready to go. Amen. The third thing, we had the blood, we had the lamb, and then we have the testimony. Everybody say the testimony. He said, you're going to keep this memorial throughout your generations. So what you're getting ready to do, he said, this is not just for a one-time thing. There are elements of this that are going to be perpetual throughout your generations. Matter of fact, even when you're living in the promise You are to do this, even when you're living in the promise. Now, we understand that the law was fulfilled. We understand that animal sacrifices were done away with. 
And, and those things are passed away. However, the principle behind those things is eternal and enduring. Can you say amen? It is enduring. And so we don't literally go take blood now and paint it on the door. But in the Holy Ghost, I put the blood on the door. And I don't literally go get a lamb and eat the lamb. But I eat of the Word of God, and it is a spiritual principle that comes to me. Y'all understand that? It's a spiritual principle. And we need to make sure that we are doing this throughout our generations. Well, Pastor, every once in a while you get up and preach like this. Uh, you know, why do we keep coming back to stuff like this? I'm going to tell you why. Because all of us, all of us are susceptible to getting cold in our spirit. All of us are susceptible to drifting from the things of God. And we need to make sure that we get brought back to bear every once in a while. And that we get our engines tuned up every once in a while. All of us need this. This pastor needs this. I need to get my year started off right. You need to get your year started off right. Even if we're living in promise, we need to do this. When your children, he told them, he said, when your children ask you why are we doing this? Why do we go to that altar and pray, Mom? Why do we come to the front of the church, Dad, and we seek after the Lord? Why do we do these things? Why do we come to church and get preached to, Dad? You will tell them, he said, that it is in remembrance of how the Lord won, how he destroyed the enemy, and then, two, of how the Lord brought you out. You need to tell them, we do this because God de destroyed our enemies. And we do this because God brought us into a new place. He brought us out of one thing. And He put us in something brand new. And that is our testimony. And everybody needs a testimony. We need the blood. We need the lamb. But we also need a testimony. Yeah. Hallelujah. We need a testimony. Shame on us if we don't have testimonies. The people that are in this room right now, shame on us if we don't have testimonies. We've come too far. We've seen too much. We've experienced far too many wonderful things for us to not have a testimony. I love your book you wrote because it's a book of testimony of the good things of God. I, I want to make sure I pass down to my kids the testimony of the things God's done for me. I've got a grandmother that's losing her mind right now. And, and she's got dementia that is setting in pretty strong. And the other day, while we were at convention, my mom was getting phone calls from my grandmother. And my grandmother said, I don't have any food in the house. And I don't have anything to eat. And Nina, what am I going to do? And, and my mom told her, she said, she said, Mom, she said, there's food in your refrigerator. I, I know there is. I, I saw it. And. And she said, no, there's nothing in there. And so uh, my mom called a lady from the church there and said, could you please go by and, and, and see if there's not food? You can go by my house and get anything you need and go over there and make sure she's got food. And we're heading home tomorrow. And, I'll, and so the lady gets there and she opens the refrigerator and she called my mom. She said, you couldn't put anything else in the refrigerator. It's full of food. But my grandmother was opening the refrigerator and thinks she doesn't have anything in there. 
She thinks there is no food and, and she's losing her memory and she's losing her mind. And so there's a lot of things that are coming down the road for her. But I remember when I was just a little kid, I remember my grandmother as I was getting ready for school in the mornings and we would pray together waiting for the school bus to come by and pick me up. And my grandmother telling me the stories of how God had been with her. And I've told you the story of how God supernaturally enabled my grandmother to begin to read English when she'd never read English in her life and, and was trying to learn how to speak English. And yet the Holy Ghost helped her to read it whenever my uncle was sick and somebody was mocking my grandmother because she was praying. And my grandmother said, I know there's a scripture in the Bible because they told me about it that said he's a healer. And so she opened up her Bible and began to read the scripture that said, and, and with his stripes, we are healed. And she read the scripture that said, if there is any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church and let them anoint him with oil in the prayer of faith shall save the sick. She read that. She didn't even know how to read English. It was a miracle. But she shared her testimony with me. And I've grabbed a hold of that. I remember my grandmother telling me about the beggar man there in Mexico that she was a little girl and she had saved up some money and she was going down the road and she wasn't even living for the Lord. Going down the road and she saw this man and he was begging and he didn't have legs and he was begging and she felt like she needed to give him her money. You remember that? So she gave him her money. And she said, I wasn't upset about it or nothing. I was about five years old, not upset. Just I kind of felt good that I had been able to do that. She said, I was skipping on my way home. And on the way home, there in the middle of the road, there was a whole bunch of money laid out. And I said, Grandma, what would you do? She said, I got down and I took my dress and I made, I made like a container with my dress and I put all the money in it and I went running to my friend's house. And she said, I told my friend, come on, we're going to the store. I've got a bunch of money. And they went to the store and she said, I never saw that man before that and I never saw that man after that on that way into town that I'd gone a hundred times. Never saw him before, I never saw him after. And she would share things like that with me. And she may be losing her mind, but I thank God that she had a testimony that she could hand down. And not only do I have it, but I want to put it in my kids as well. And I want to put it in your kids as well. Jimmy Elizabeth, your girls need to know about a testimony of how God touched you and healed your body. We need to make sure we share our testimony. We remember what God has done. And finally, after that, they responded. When Moses told them, said, this is what the Lord wants from you. He wants the blood. He wants you to make sure you eat the lamb. He wants you to have a testimony. When they heard all of that, the scripture says that they bowed their heads and they worshipped. They bowed their heads and they worshipped when they understood that this is what God was doing so that they could start their year off right. When they would come to the beginning of months, God was giving them a plan so that they could begin well. They bowed their heads and they worshipped God. Thank you, Lord, that you've given me a way that I can get started in my year the way I need to. That I can get things started this year the way you want them to go, God. And they bowed their heads and they worshipped. And I wonder this evening, 
as we talked about the blood and we talked about the lamb and we've talked about our testimony. I wonder if there's anybody that says it just causes me to want to bow my head and worship God that he's given me a way that I can make sure that I get things started in my life like they need to be. I get things started like they need to be. Oh, Lord, you've been so good to us. I am so glad he does not leave us to just fend for ourselves without a hope flailing about in in, in the waters of this world. But he said, no, I'm going to help you. I'm going to show you a way that is a better way. Aren't you thankful for that? He didn't leave me, one songwriter said, the way that he found me. He, he, he made me better. He, he showed me a better way. And this evening, as we close tonight, I just wonder if there's anybody that wants to worship the Lord and say, God, you've been so good. You brought us through 2019. I don't know what 2020 holds, but God, I'm ready to tell you right now, I want to start right. I want to start well. I want to start strong. Why don't we stand together tonight? Keep your praying. Keep worshiping. Let's stand together tonight. Let's worship the Lord together. Hallelujah. 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 Yes. Lord, we humble ourselves. We bow our heads. And humble ourselves. And then we worship you, God. We're humbled before you. We're submitted before you. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So we're going to start strong. We're going to make sure we do this thing right. I'm trying to help us all tonight. I want us all to make sure we've got the blood where the blood needs to be. I want us to make sure we're taking the word in as we need to take the word in. And I want us to make sure that we're lifting our testimony up. And we're, we're understanding the power of the testimony that God has given us. And if we will do that, the Lord will help us. The Lord will be with us. The Lord will carry us through. If we will follow His plan, God will take us through. Amen? Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise?